You're listening to a Comics XF podcast. everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach and Adam. This week, I think you could argue that we are stretching the definition of every story. Listen, if Wu-Tang can be for the children, then Boda can be for the children too. And this episode is all for the children. It is. This one's for this one's for the babes. This one's for the youths out there, the young ones, <laughs> the youths. Uh, our our generations, our next generation, the youngsters, the little the ones. Yep. Uh, but you are absolutely right, Zach. We are stretching the limits of what we rank on this program. But uh, it's because we got this request, and how could we say no to such a bizarre, uh, strange thing? How could we say no to five dollars? <laughs> We're cheap dates. <laughs> We are incredibly cheap dates, and I would say that not everyone involved in some of these stories are just cheap dates, you know? We're, we've got some very interesting things uh, going on here, but we got to start with this, <laughs> this, this thing. Uh, we've, we've kind of been teasing it with photos on social, but um, tell, tell people what this is and who requested it. So this is a request by a Patreon supporter in front of the show. Austin Gordon, Austin went over to patreon.com slash Adam and said, I'm calling your bluff because we've been joking about doing this for like 18 months with our friends. <laughs> yep. It is a book I did already own, which I find uh, great and delightful. And or concerning. Eh, I'm not that concerned about owning it. It made sense at the time. Yes. It is a, uh, it is a book called Meet the X-Men. It is written by Michi Fujimoto with illustrations by Jeff Albright Studios. Now, Adam, is this a comic book? No, this is a uh, little baby's children's book. Um, it uh, has you, you literally it has like board five pages. Yeah, it's a board book. Yeah, it's a cardboard. It's part of a series. It's like 18 inches. It's die cut on the sides, so it's got like some texture. And yeah, it is. You're right. I'm sorry, Adam, I cut you off. You were mentioning it's part of a series. Uh, and it's actually part of a series of series. Um, because they had a Incredible Hulk series, a Spider-Man series, an X-Men series, and Meet Spider-Man and Friends as a series, which involved Spider-Man, at least on this cover that I can see. Spider-Man, Captain America, Hulk, and a girl Spider-Man with pigtails. No other information given. (laughs) So, Adam, I was thinking, I was thinking for this, and this is pretty non-traditional for us. We should read it, right? I feel, I feel like the audience would appreciate if we read Meet the X-Men by Michi Fujimoto, and then we went page by page. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, class, please pull out your texts. Yeah. Children, will, uh, uh, you know, it's it's story time. Pull up your, your chair and, and listen to teacher. 
Welcome to the Xavier Institute for Higher Learning, Professor X said to his new students. Come, let me give you the guided tour. Turn the page. I'm, I am, Beep. for the podcast people, I am turning the book so that you can see it, just like when you were in preschool or kindergarten and the teacher was <laughs> like, picture. Yes. As you know, my students have extra powers that most humans don't have, Professor X said. He pointed to Cyclops. Cyclops took off his sunglasses and laser beams shot from his eyes. In a flash, a vase from across the room shattered. Beep. Turn the page. Yes. Good beeps. I Those are good, Adam. For like the read-along books. Oh, I get I it now. Con- I have to contribute I, somehow. I didn't really do the read-along books as a kid, uh, but it makes yeah. sense. Like the books on tape for kids. No, that mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> Suddenly, the windows start to shake. Rumble. That would be Storm, Professor X said. She can make it snow or rain or create fog. Beep. What makes us X-Men is that we use our powers to help others, Professor X said to the new students. Now, are you ready to become X-Men? End of book. The end. <laughs> this is the entire content. Uh, Austin paid $5 read. for us to do that. <laughs> Let's talk about this from the cover. Mm-hmm. Adam, would you, as the art expert, would you like to describe the cover for us? I would. So um, it is Professor X's head is floating in some kind of green goo, uh, like telepathic goo. Psychic uh, stuff. Yeah. We're seeing a version of the X mansion, right? With some foliage. And then coming out of the top of the mansion is a version of the X-Men that I don't think anyone has ever seen before. Um, So in the center, I guess, is Jean Grey. That's Jean. Very off my. She's very off model. Uh, on let's, the left, we let's talk about. Oh, keep. Let's do the roster, and then I want to swing yeah. back to costume decisions on this. Yes, on the left we have Jubilee and some sparkles. Wolverine with his claws out. On the right we have Bobby um, shooting some ice. He also ice man. appears to have a goatee. Um, Cyclops um, shooting some lasers, and we, we'll get into the the dynamics of that. But here he does have his. Um, his Ruby court visor on. And then mm-hmm. we also have uh, a very off brand storm floating like off to the side. So these costumes, let's, yeah. let's just look at it. If you just start as you normally scan left to right, mm-hmm. Wolverine in his yellow and blue costume. Perfect. Sort Makes of. sense. Yeah. He's, he's missing his, gonna... his black stripes like over the shoulders, but like he's pretty close. Like that's Wolverine. in general. Jubilee, more or less, mm-hmm. on from a costume design standpoint, on, on sure. point. Yeah. Yellow, Jean, yellow jacket. Jean is wearing, the closest thing I could say is a variation of the Grant Morrison Frank Quitely costumes. She's wearing a leather jacket over a turtleneck. A turtleneck jumpsuit, you know? Yes. And, a, and, a, and an X belt. But... Yeah, it doesn't really look like either. It's kind of purple. Um, and her hair is yeah, like brown. It's not even really Yeah, red. she's a brunette. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops is wearing his like his standard condom costume, but with his hair out. Like well, they just, it kinda, if they would have just put the Jim Lee, like the chest thing on him, then right. this would be like, okay, now it fits with the other ones. But I am yeah. so curious because Storm's, Storm's also in her 70s costume. 
Like, sort of. She's got the headpiece. She's got the right coloring. Like, it's a children's book version of her 70s costume. Yeah. The, one funny thing that I noticed is on the page where she's featured, um, you know, her 70s costume has the 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 boots that go um, all the way up to her thighs. And the holes are are there, but they're colored the same color as the boots. So like, Ooh, <laughs> we wouldn't want to show any of skin storm's legs. Like it's so silly. Um, and then Bobby's and rocking a goatee. He's got a goatee, which I think only age of apocalypse Bobby has had. So I don't know from an art department standpoint. So when, when Jeff Albright studios got, got this assignment, do you think they were given any reference material? It really does beg the question because um, the X-Men logo from the top of the page, what is that from? That's that the from Ultimate the X-Men logo. That's, That's ultimate. the Ultimate X-Men logo. So the very big, like that fat chunky X. Yeah. Yeah. With the men written over it. And all right. So all of these folks look very off brand. Professor X actually looks pretty on brand you know i think professor x looks good in comparison to the undetailed poorly colored weirdly gradiented monstrosities of the x-men like i assume you watched the show or you know the show like rugrats and ah real monsters and uh uh, is told by ginger Mm -hmm. uh the uh the uh yeah you said the name of their animation studio. Yeah, classically classy Zupo. It's kind of got that vibe of like squiggly ugly people, but it looks wrong with the X-Men. Like everyone's um, eyes are the wildest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> They're kind of bugging out of their heads. I everyone's would, would, even look at Professor Xavier's. His are also insane. It's just they're less insane than anyone else's. Yeah. So the protagonists of our, our story is um, two young, like probably like middle school age kids. Uh, one is an sure. African-American boy and the other is a redhead uh, Caucasian girl. And um, I got to say, this is a strange way to welcome children to the school. First page, basically everybody's just like fighting each other and blowing stuff up. And these children look scared. They, they if you know, not look if you. If you notice, uh, Gene's contributions to this fight are, as is tradition, standing behind everyone, touching her temples and doing nothing. <laughs> well, and we only get two character focus pages. Um, so we get a Cyclops page in which Cyclops, yeah. Cyclops really not doing what Cyclops does. I'm not going to fight about calling them laser beams. This is a book for babies. Sure, sure. Like, but they they're not laser beams, but they're laser beams. We all know they're laser sure, beams. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he rips off his visor, which they describe as sunglasses, to <laughs> do it. To destroy one of Professor's Ming vases. Professor X looks so satisfied and happy with himself that this yes, is happening. Yes, Scott. Yes. <laughs> Shoot my vase. The children King's father brought it into this home and I cannot <laughs> abide that. The kids look both terrified and kind of excited by this, but uh, I just can't really tell like why he's doing this. And the fact that he takes off the visor just seems 
extremely dangerous um given what we know cyclops power i'm gonna do the most dangerous thing i could do around (laughs) children yes to show that i can shoot lasers the art on this page and i'm as i'm looking doing a deep analysis on everyone's art yes yes the proportions are insane the hands are insane the anatomy Mm -hmm. here adam would you call this good anatomy i mean like is this stylized definitely or is it Um, bad i think that you know once you start really digging into it and you can see like that cyclops uh pecs really just kind of look like floating like buoys there's it's not great yeah, look at look at Cyclops's absolutely monster right forearm. Look at his right yeah. forearm compared to his spaghetti noodle. And I say spaghetti noodle because it is bent up as if it were a spaghetti noodle or perhaps a shrimp that is experiencing a little bit of heat and beginning to curl. Yeah. Listen, make no mistake about it. This this entire book is very poorly drawn. Well and I you know, I tried to I tried to look up Jeff Albrecht just to see like what else this person had done. And this quote unquote studio had been responsible for a variety of other children's books, according to their website, but all of them featured different styles. So it's very unclear to me, like who the actual artist might've been on this book. So I don't know. The other thing, the coloring on this. Oh yeah. Insane. I'm not, I'm not even talking about just, the gradients, which are bad, or the color choice and color scheme, which is bad. I'm talking about they clearly don't have an understanding of what anything is supposed to look like because there is a part where the girl is wearing a bracelet Uh and they color it as if it is a, on the first page, they color it as if it is the, the sleeve of her jacket. But her yes. jacket would be her skin in the rest of her arm. It's uh, it's not great. Because you turn the page and it's different. Cyclops yes. is wearing the wrong colors. Uh, all the X-Men are wearing the wrong colors. The Storm, hip cutouts. You know they just got the, whoever got this got the lines of it. And we're like, okay, this is my best shot at what this is. Yeah, they have no clue. Storm is similarly just endangering everyone by starting a tornado inside the house. And the kids when you think again, of Storm's powers, when you think of when you think of what Storm does, yeah. first three of her abilities. Is it snow, rain, and fog? Fog. Yeah, fog is definitely featured here. Seems seems a little fog. Odd. Fog was also featured heavily in the first X-Men movie. So <laughs> A lot maybe, of people are really impressed with her ability to like have some condensate in the air. What's really wild is that after these horrific experiences on the uh, on these three pages, on the fourth page, these two kids are giving each other like this magical high five surrounded by light and energy, which I don't know if that's their mutant power or if it's just an illustration of a really sick high five. They've got they've and got like I, a Fenris uh, or a, maybe. Uh, Boubier, yeah, sibling, North Star, power, yeah. Once they, once they, once they touch, it's like boom. I think I don't We're know between I don't, the lines. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's what's being illustrated here. Um, you know, but they're I guess excited to join the X Men. They've had these like three terrifying experiences in this home, and are like, yeah, we want to live here. Um, the book the does not. 
talk about the rest of the characters at all. Nope. They're just standing there. Including Wolverine, the most popular superhero who's not (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else gets a spotlight. Um, It's just, just Cyclops and Storm and the book just ends. And I guess if I'm a a toddler and I'm being read this book, I'm supposed to get excited about the X-Men. But I think honestly, I'd be more like confused about what the character's branding was, because if I looked for these characters anywhere else, they wouldn't look like this. Hey, I got a great question, Adam. You you mentioned this was part of a series. Yes. There are four books in the X Institute board book series, which by the way, that means we've already covered one and that means there's three others. So if you (laughs) want to do a board book episode, five bucks. Wow. Whole board book episode. Keep it up. Keep it up. Honestly, that wouldn't make the money back that we would have to do to eBay these board books, but still. (laughs) Do you know what the other three books are called, Adam? Do you know what? This is the line that they decided to go with. Obviously, the Meet the X-Men, perfect first choice. If you're going to have a board book, it's like, yeah, this is the team. Here's the other three books. I'm excited. Storm is coming. Okay. Great. That's a good spotlight. I feel like she already kind of like showed up in the first one, but okay. She's very popular. I get it. And they need one for the girls. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's just, this is early 2000s. That's, well, I mean, yeah. that's still toy character, girl character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy and girl high five. That's just, that, that's the nature of the beast. We're not going to dissect it further. Obviously, it's bad. Uh, the Beast, speaking of, is the next book. Oh, not even in this meet that. It has, it has an insane looking Hank McCoy on it. I bet. And then, because we do need to teach our children about this, the mutant race. No. Which is, it's got (laughs) Magneto on the cover. It's got Charles Xavier floating in the background. And it's going to teach us all about different approaches to uh, tolerance, different approaches that different approaches that marginalized people can take to get the respect that they deserve, which, you know what? After the success of Anti-Racist Baby, uh, maybe mm. this book really is, like, ahead of its time and ready to be like, no, actually, kids should know about this stuff. And in practice, I – in theory, I agree with that. In practice, I have not read the bo- book The Mutant Race, and having read Meet the X-Men – I don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> I don't think Michi Fujimoto uh, has that in them. No, uh, I am interested in reading these others, but this one is uh, pretty bizarre and I am at least glad I saw it because it is kind of an artistic abomination in a lot of ways. And oh my gosh. Oh no, that's new Uh, to get a brand new copy. Never been touched before of the beast. Yeah. Oh, it's going to run you 56, $59 for a brand new copy. I I'm not that interested. I can, I can buy way better comics. You can get a used one for $4 with free shipping. So you can get a used one for shipping it to you. Yeah. 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 So Zach, normally on this show, we rank comics and, uh, you know, this This is is not a comic. It's not, but we are still going to rank it on our big old list because it's our list. Yeah. So, you know, we're in our attitude era and, uh, and I get a heck yeah. A heck yeah. Yeah. There we go. Gentler, kinder, gentler. <laughs> this is, we are, uh, here's what we've ranked so far. Uh, at number one in Toxbox, at number 200 is Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur 17. 
Number 400 is X-Men 2099-133, The Gathering. It's a magical nice. time. Number 600 is Ultimate Comics X-Men, Divided We Fall, United We Stand. That's about the Civil War in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, number 800 is X-Men 174, Bizarre Love Triangle. I love, I love, I love comics so much. <laughs> uh, the last story that we have on this list is... 2099 World of Tomorrow. It's a um, 1960 story ever. So this is very poorly constructed. And, um, you know, last week we did put X-Men Gold 1 to 3 all the way down at 787. But at 788. Which you could argue is like baby's first X-Men comic. Sure. Yeah. We're, right? we're running on the same brain level utilization. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I would argue just based on how off brand this is, that this is lower because like we have the animation special at 788 and like this really, I don't know, but we're also in a weird spot here because like once we start getting into like the 790s, then we start getting into some like kind of truly like upsetting offensive stuff. And like we have, we have, we have a we have a chunk of stuff that's down this low because I have, we have ethical issues with the comic. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if this traipses into like too many swastikas uh, at 796 Deadpool versus X-Force territory. Like, I don't this know. This is worse than Deadpool line... versus X-Force. And I can tell you exactly why it's worse than Deadpool that has versus X-Force. Pepe Larazar. That has Pepe Larazar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Deadpool versus X-Force is guys. Maybe you don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Maybe don't have Deadpool fighting for the Confederates in the Civil War. Um, yeah, but it does look. have Pepe Lorazart. Sure does. And if Pepe Lorazart can get me to almost consider reading a Mark Miller book again, uh, which I'm absolutely not going to do until I can get it for free from my library, support your local libraries, because I'm going to look at Pepe Lorazart. I just, oh, the words around it are going to be terrible. Anyway, that's better. I do think this is technically worse than oh you know what this is on par with magneto volume mm-hmm. one an insane Ooh. ugly bad psycho story yeah yeah uh is it better or worse than witchblade wolverine where chris claremont has the two of them get married in vegas witchblade also it's better yeah yeah that's actually like it, it's pretty it illegible is. yeah boy i just keep working my way down is this is yeah is this worse than holy war or she lies with angels i would put it above holy war yeah because this above holy war but i'm gonna say below x-force volume two uh x-force and cable the legend returns making it our new we'll give life that the, sound good the edge that sounds have like been a reading, great place have you been reading batter blood adam Every issue of Batter Blood I flip through and it just looks like a bunch of like random Deadpool pinups have been strung together into some sort of formation. And I don't know. I don't know how Chad is scripting that, but it, it really does look like a mess. <laughs> I I can tell you because I have read the words. Chad is also feeling I can I can assume that Chad is also feeling the same challenges that you and I feel reading that. Or seeing those and saying, how's this, how's this, yeah. how's this a story? How do I deal with this when the weapon is changing each page? Um, 
Insane right, so, book. Insane that they're giving the Rob more work. I, hey, I guess somebody's buying it. Um, and yeah, of course, in, no one's taking these review copies for me. Yeah. In the midst of animation, uh, the animated series popularity, there were a lot of people buying a lot of X-Men products. And so we're going to up our reading age for the second story. We're going to move up from toddlers and, and, uh, uh, board books. And we're going to go to an honest to God, uh, picture book. And this is X-Men Morlock Madness based on the blockbuster TV series. You know, you say it's a picture book, and it is, but if someone argued that this was a comic, mm-hmm. like, listen, there are there are sequent it's there is sequential art. Yep. Uh there is, and this is not a prerequisite for comics, but it is something that helps build that it is a comic. There are word balloons, there are speech bubbles. Yeah. Like if if that format of having a bunch of text up top and then having word balloons is not a comic, then Fantagraphics doesn't make comics. I think this definitely counts as a comic uh, for all comic. the reasons that you just said. Um, and it's already right off the bat in the, you know, in the beginning doing a much better job branding uh, the characters. So when you flip open the inside of the front and the back cover of this, of this picture book, you get, character profiles of the X-Men. Um, you know, there's a variety of different artists here. They're still using the Jim Lee art in some cases, Andy Kubert. Uh, I believe this Jean Grey is Joe Mad. And no, that's oh is that is that not maybe? Wills? That's Wills. No, that's not that's not Wills. Definitely oh it not. could be it could be early Joe Mad when he was mostly doing the marketing stuff for it. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, because that Gambit's Kubert, I know that that one. Yep. Uh, the be- beast is obviously Jim Lee. Yeah, so Cyclops. I think Cyclops is also Jim Lee. Yeah, from the trading card. Yep. Uh, and then, and on, then the on the back, cover, you got Jubilee. Jubilee and Jim Rogue Lee. are both Jim Lee. Wolverine is Art Adams, and Storm is. Is that Art Adams? Adams? Are you sure? Yeah, that's, are you sure that that's Wol- Art Adams Wolverine? That's the classic okay. Wolverine poster. Okay, see, I was costume. thinking, that I I would have. It not being in brown is throwing me like it being black and white, just the lines and out of context yeah. is throwing me off. It almost looks like a cover to uh, the John Byrne drawn uh, Wolverine stuff where he fights the sentient cocaine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I'd know that drawing anywhere. That was like every, every comic you. shop had that poster. Um, I believe you. So. This is a retelling of the famous duel between Storm and Callisto uh, that is ranked As very seen high in the on episode list. of X-Men, the animated series, Morlock Madness. Yes. So the cover of this does show Storm and Callisto fighting, not with knives, but with what look like American Gladiator giant Q-tip things uh, to knock each they, other over. So I, they do, uh, yeah. which is insane. It's pretty uh, I get why they can't have a knife fight. Uh, just, just for the reference, uh, this is based on a teleplay, teleplay by Robert Ensker and Matty I- Marty Eisenberg, illustrated by Gray Morrow, in a cover painting by Guy Gilchrist Productions Inc. Mm-hmm. Do you think Guy Gilchrist himself did this? Did this cover? I doubt it. Right. I have no idea. It's the same thing with the Albrecht thing. I have no idea who the illustrators are, but well, like Guy Gilchrist, um, pretty famous as far as like illustrators go, did a lot of stuff with Muppets and Fraggle Rock. Did Nancy for a while before Nancy was good again. Oh, 
Okay. Well, I have no idea. I mean, the, the cover is probably the worst art. The interior art is actually kind of interesting, though the characters, like, oddly go on and off model depending on which character we're talking about. Like, the Gambit in particular kind of looks like a little chubby, and I love it. <laughs> I love the watercolors that they're doing yes. for this. Yeah. Like, it honestly adds a really neat vibe to the book. Let's be clear. Storm's white in this. That's a problem. Um, she is very, very light skinned. Uh, it's not great. And, you know, but it the art has a, like a more natural feel to it. Like it's very naturalistic. It's not super hyper stylized like the X-Men comics of the, of the 90s. So it's a real odd thing to see these Jim Lee costumes like in action in these ways. It looks like like a classic like 50s children's book illustration style. Yeah, yeah. Which is we're also getting wild uh, for the X-Men narration and word bubbles and vocabulary that is being underlined. So you can refer to the glossary in the back. So if you want to know what the X-Men are, if you want to know what the word mob uh, means or ambush, you can go to the back of the book and check it out. So storms, you know, having some issues in the danger room, uh, Gene and Scott are out on a date and yep. Claustrophobia. That's a major theme here. A really wild, like kind of adult version of Leech is chased into the subway. Um, after which is consistent with the animated series episodes. Yes. yes. And when he goes into the subway, uh, the X Men, Gene and Scott, encounter the Morlocks. They have to protect the crowd. Um, and <laughs> you gotta love that Anna Lee is here, um, hypnotizing people. Um, it's just friggin' Anna Lee, the worst old lady who deserved to have her. The children didn't deserve to be murdered in the mutant massacre. I'm gonna preface this Anna yes. Lee probably deserved not to be taking care of children. She, uh, she shouldn't have had any children with her. And if you guys disagree with that, go back to the episodes where we cover the Anna Lee stuff from Power Pack. And yes. not just her being a sad old lady that you remember from the mutant massacre. Anna no, Lee's a monster. She's, she's terrible. Uh, keeps kids in cages. Um, we get a great, a really great moment on uh, one page with uh, Wolverine slashing through <laughs> a photo of Scott and Jean, which is kind of a classic thing in the show. But the way it's illustrated here, it just looks really funny. Wolverine is consistently my favorite part because every drawing of Wolverine is absolutely insane. But the most <laughs> insane may be this one where he is not wearing a mask. Yeah, it is just he's... full bore Wolverine with his insane mask shaped hair. You ever think about his sideburns like that's a huge amount of sideburn to have. Oh, yeah. They're just like flowy. That's, that's insane. A lot of style. And it is right next to a. A chubby gambit who looks like Jim from the office. He's like, no, bro, <laughs> hold on. I got a mug to the camera real quick. I love how gambit is drawn here because it's absolutely bizarre. And he does look like he's got a little gut, which I appreciate. You know, he's he's got some girth. Uh, this, Let's this go. My here. chubby king gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the rest of the X-Men do show up. You can see Wolverine's eyes through his mask the whole time, which is really interesting. They come and kick the crap out of the uh, the Morlocks. You know, Storm is having trouble with her claustrophobia. Um, and, you know, to save the Storm day. Storm also looks like a Dracula in one panel. That's fun. Yes. Storm and Callisto do fight, but 
in inside the book, the uh, American gladiator sticks have like fireworks sparklers on the end of them. Um, Which I and, feel like is also in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So she it's been a little them. bit since I watched it. She says that Callisto can rule while I'm, I'm gone. So it's a little bit different than the comic. And uh, the book ends with professor X complimenting storm on uh, working through her fears. So that's, that's real nice. I need to talk about one other Wolverine on here. Yeah, Two yeah. other Wolverines on here. One is when there's a panel that says Wolverine tried to rescue her. Next panel. But Anna Lee convinced Wolverine that he was covered with scorpions. <laughs> which has That's Anna great. Lee pointing at Wolverine and screaming the words, covered with scorpions. And Wolverine freaking <laughs> out. Like, get them off me. <laughs> yeah. He has a great moment like where he breaks free from the spell. Yeah. Wolverine fought against the spell and finally pulled Gene from Annalie. Oh man, it's great. In the what page the before other all that, you get the sassiest Wolverine that you've ever seen. Hand on his hip, arms out like, what do you want me to do about this situation, Storm? <laughs> yeah, You're the one with yeah. claustrophobia. <laughs> well, because Gambit's like, help her. And Wolverine says, let her ask. <laughs> well, it's, it's her, let her ask. I'm helping her. I don't know. I'm not yeah. a psychiatrist. I don't know claustrophobia stuffs. Beautiful. Uh, this Wolverine's perfect. He's great. I wish Callista was better. I wish the lettering was better. Yeah, it's like a they font. don't have anyone who knows anything about. It's not even the font. It's they don't. The word balloon placement is bad, and the mm-hmm. letters within the, the words within the word balloon are often poorly chosen, uh, so that they are yeah. stacked weird. They don't have the right spacing. It's like it's basic stuff that they should have been able to do, but they didn't. I agree. Uh, I still think this is kind of fun. Uh, if you're a fan of the the series, you'll get a kick out of the, the adaptation of it. I think the art is actually pretty fun and interesting. Um, we're making fun of Chubby Gambit, but art in general is like, it's, it's nice. Pretty, it's nice. I, I don't mind it. I'd like to see. I had, I had the beauty and the beast episode of these books. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd like to go back and find those books and see some more of this art. Cause in general, it's like, Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. The cover is misleading. You know, the cover is the, is not the style of the inside. So I think the this cover is definitely... so much closer to the board book than anything else. Yeah. Absolutely. Surprised. So this is way better uh, than what we just talked about in our first story, but it's also obviously not as good as the number 10 story on our list on Kenny X-Men 169, 170, which is what it, the animated show was based on that this is now adapted from. So, so it's, the, it's the difference between like a nice, good filet mignon <laughs> and some Taco Bell meat. I was good. No, I was going to be nicer to it. I was going to say mm. like the six ounce kids steak that you can get from a Outback Steakhouse. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's not a lot neat. of shame on Outback Steakhouse. If I'm talking about chain steakhouse restaurants, like for families, Outback is one that actually does a pretty consistent job, at least on the meat. Yeah. Like their steaks tend to be of a higher quality than some of the other family steakhouse place. I think Texas Roadhouse uh, is also up there in terms of if you're going out and buying a steak at a family restaurant, 
that's a place that you could consider. There's others where maybe just get the chicken. Wow. I didn't realize we were going to get Zach's steak corner today. That was nice. My steak corner is if you want a good steak, (laughs) make it yourself. And if you want a good steak at a restaurant, go to a steak restaurant that's like a restaurant for grownups and adults and spend a little bit more and get a better experience and better food. Because at minimum, you can do better than an Applebee's steak. Oh, don't like you're Mm. you're going to cook it better. You're going to do better with that. You're going to pick going to go to your butcher. That's the thing. Kids these days got to go. They don't know how to buy steaks. You go to the butcher, you look at the, find a butcher at minimum, go to the grocery store butcher, Mm. look at the rack or look at the case and be like, Hey, I need this. Have them cut you something or have them select something for you. Uh, But get a nice, well-marbled piece of meat. You know what? Shell out for the ribeye. They're honestly pretty forgiving. All things considered, get a nice marbled ribeye, throw it on. Get it up to room temperature, have it up at open air for maybe an hour, hour beforehand. Keep it keep it in the fridge for a little bit if you want it to have a little bit more of a crust to it. Then salt and just salt and pepper that. Get your get your uh get your grill blazing hot. And people are gonna be like, oh, you should reverse sear this, you should souvet this. No, shut up. We're doing this simple. Get something really hot, you put it on it for a minute, you flip it over, you put it on it for like three-ish minutes on either side, depending on how thick your steak is. Uh, But you get it to a good rare to medium rare. You take it off. You put your additional salt back on it to finish it. You cut in. You got a better, juicier steak than you're going to get at most places, and you did it yourself. Man, that was great. Steaks are easy. People are intimidated because they're expensive. I think this story is a 700 story. It's definitely not as good as Spider-Man Storm and Power Man Smokescreen, but I don't think it's as bad as X-Men Noir at 709. No, I think you're right. I think this is better than... Okay, no, I wait. This may be too high. No, I think this is better than Time Storm 2009-2099. Oh, okay, okay. I think it's better than that. Is it... Yes, I would say it's better than... Dark X-Men, The Confession, but not as good as the first appearance of Peter Corbeau, where the Hulk fights the sun. I agree. So this is our new 705 X-Men Morlock Madness. And in uh, the theme of going up in the the, uh, age range here, we're going to jump from now uh, what was probably like more of an elementary school book up to a, a YA reader. Uh, I would. Okay. One, one, this is not a YA reader. And the reason I would say that uh, I would not, because the reason I would say that is YA readers are about dystopias and. Oh, I'm just thinking this This is, this is like fifth grade, sixth grade. I would, I would say fourth, fifth, maybe this is a scholastics. This is a scholastics book fair book is what this is. Yeah. It's very much in the vein of diary of a wimpy kid. Uh, Jedi Academy, those those styles of books. And what's what's it called, Zach? This is called Avengers Assembly, Exchange Students 101. It's the third book in the series uh, by Preeti Chabir with illustrations by James Lancet. And I tell you what, this is delightful. Best book we're talking about this week by far. I love came this out- thing. It came out last year. Uh-huh. My son and I 
read the first two books in this series, uh, adored them. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited about this one. And unfortunately, the COVIDs meant that this one took a little bit longer to come out. Okay. Well, you know, uh, these things happen. Do you, Adam, have you read the Avengers Assembly series? What, from what I understand, it involves Carol Danvers setting up a school that is um, has students like uh, Miles Morales, Squirrel Girl, Ms. Marvel, and who's our other fourth main Oh, character? the fourth member of their class, who in their class being a unit is a bigger thing in the first two books. Uh, he's yes. the member that uh, joins at the end of the first group or first book because he got put onto a team that was mostly villains actually including maxwell frankenstein you know from oh, jason eritz and a king yeah uh, it's evan sabanor oh right hey, this Genesis. is this is this is a children's book with evan sabanor in yes. it yes unexplained no one is asking questions about hey wait oh see how did <laughs> Are we implying that the events are we implying that the events of Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force did occur in this universe? Because if so, I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, added bonus. They get a fifth classmate um, as part of their, their team in this. And it's Reptile, who's not Reptile. happy about going. Yeah. He's not happy about being there, but um, it's great. We get lots of good lessons on how to make a friend when, you know, they're not feeling too good. So the plot here is that the characters from Avengers assembly are going on an exchange trip to the X mansion and they have a variety of Evans from there. He's excited. Yes. And they have a variety of different lessons lined up and, you know, this is a fantastic introduction to the X-Men. If, if kids have never met the X-Men before. Here's the thing. You read this, you understand that Preeti Chabir likes X-Men the way that me and Adam like X-Men. Yeah. And do you know, do you know how you know that they, that Preeti <laughs> likes uh, X-Men that way? Because do you know who shows up on, and I kid you not, page 20 of this book? Uh, well, I'm guessing it's it was Blop. Oh, Dupe. Yeah, Dupe is there. It's Blop Dupe. Herman I want to be clear. shows up. Eye boys in this honey badger is in this <laughs> Laura Kinney. Uh, there is this, this book's interesting because the structure of this and all of the other books is more or less 50, 50 data pages and uh-huh. illustration pages, including sequential art, but not limited only to sequential art. Yeah. People who have kids who have read this style of book will recognize this, right? Like yes. some of its dialogue, some of its texts, some of its like notes, some of its emails, and it bounces back and forth and tells the story through those different formats. And what's great about it here is that you're seeing really funny things like Gambit's idea for a lesson plan or, you know, <laughs> a memo of how Bishop is going to time travel after they go to the Savage Land. You so know, it's like they were never there. If there was a like literary fiction novel that blended all of these elements, people would lose their mind like, oh, this is so bold. This is so innovative. This is so interesting. And it's like, y'all, the kids have been doing this. They yes. already know. They're trained. They know this is the style, you know? Well, it's fun, and it, it makes it fun to read. Like, I read this to my son, uh, mostly because some of them, he can read, and he could easily read this book himself. 
but we read it before bedtime and I have to, we have to keep up pace with our books with uh, mm-hmm. the kid who still reads picture books. who's four. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, dad's going to keep the pace going, but it's fun because every couple of pages, there's a shift to either a new scene or a new exciting like format of it. Either it's text messages or it's a diagram. It's fun. And James Lancet's illustrations are delightful. They are they are perfect. They are enjoyable. And I love them. I just appreciate that the premise of the book is that the X-Men are the coolest and that our protagonists know that they are the coolest and all they want to do is go there and meet them and hang out with them because the X-Men are the coolest thing in the Marvel Universe and these characters know it. That's the thing. The Avengers, they're bigger now, but they're squares. You can tell that uh, Pretty Chabir is our age and i know adam you and i are of different ages but right really's our age like old yeah. enough to have watched x-men movies and had x-men cartoons and know that yeah spider-man may be most popular most kid-friendly most everything the x-men are the cool ones they're yeah. the ones that every 90s comic was trying to rip off they're the characters are constantly and i love that this this ms marvel thing carries over from the actual series that she's geeking out about wolverine constantly Right. And when they actually have contact with Wolverine, it's so funny because he wants nothing to do with them. Um, hey, this Wolverine, very specifically, Adam, uh, does this Wolverine remind you of any specific Wolverine? Well, it reminds me of the the Ms. Marvel issue where she hangs out with him and talks about the fan fiction that she wrote about him. Um, but um, I, don't, I don't know which one you're thinking of. I'm thinking very specifically of Faith Aaron Hicks's Wolverine from Wolverine Goes Grocery Shopping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where Wolverine is concerned about his Canada eggs. Uh, yes. And he knows he he knows that people don't think that they, they they think he's crazy, but he doesn't care what they say. They taste different. He can taste the difference. Amazing. There's, there's such great bits in here, you know, like there's this ongoing bit that Miles is constantly texting Peter Parker, the other Spider-Man. That's been going on for three books. It's great. It's so funny. And it's extra funny because Spider-Man, Peter Parker is giving Miles all of this X-Men info about like do's and don'ts. And it's so like, if you have read their interactions before, if you're a kid, you'll find this funny anyway. But if you're a comics lover, who's read all the interactions between these characters, you'll get an extra kick out of like the certain like sly references throughout. And I could not, I mean, just as you know what I like. Right. And the fact that there is an entire mission based around Bishop taking the kids to the savage land. And I mean, it's so fun. It's just a, not just Bishop, but very specifically it is the new, like Krakoa era design for Bishop where he looks cool and he has a yes. fade and he, he's got the fade. Like it's it's the best Bishop has looked since the early nineties. Yep. Like it's just, yeah. this is what Bishop is going to look like for the next decade. At least this book also features during that Savage land adventure, some really great Sauron and Stegron content. <laughs> so it's really again, fun. again, likes the same comics we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my son freaked out when I had to explain to him 
Oh, you understand this is all a riff about a different Spider-Man and X-Men story where Sauron doesn't want to cure cancer. He wants to turn mm-hmm. people into dinosaurs. <laughs> it's got it's got a lot of that energy. Yes. There's so many fun little things. They they keep talking about, oh yeah, there's probably gonna be a baseball game. It's gonna be exciting. We're happy. And then they play basketball because that's what the kids want to play that day. Yep. They're like, I was I was not prepared for this. Glob Herman does get caught on fire and <laughs> just runs in a recreation of the Frank quietly on the inhuman torch panel. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty You amazing. have to understand for me, for me, for me. Yeah. You're not gonna beat that. I was not expecting that. When I when I got this book for my kid to read it with him, which he loves it. My oldest, he's seven now. I think he was six when we started, when we read this one. I was expecting, oh, Wolverine's on the cover. We're probably going to get Storm, probably Cyclops, like maybe Gambit yeah. and Rogue. Like we're going to get. You got Glob Herman we're on gonna fire. We're going to get the 90s. I got Glob Herman and Dupe, baby. Yeah, Dupe. I got is, Glob Herman, Dupe. Dupe. They're fighting Sauron. I got what Dupe I wanted is, out of this. Dupe is the ref for the basketball game, but he doesn't know the rules of basketball. I mean, it is so fun. The illustrations are fantastic. Uh, Zach, what's the cover price on this thing if if people wanted to grab a copy? Oh, it is $9.99 US. And if you buy it through the Scholastic Sport Fair, some of those proceeds can go towards your local school. Oh, great. I bought an ebook copy of it, and I think it was like five or six bucks. And I highly recommend people get it, get this, because this is great. Like, hey, I'm not even kidding. This is going to do pretty well on the list. Yeah, Marvel, uh, hire Pretty Chabir for more stuff. One, I would say, and this is not just based on this book where she is more of a supporting character than the lead, but I would say best Ms. Marvel writer since G. Willow Wilson for sure. And oh, yeah. pushing on arguably ever because uh, Pretty also did, uh, yeah, just done just the done the uh, assembly stuff for her. I. Get the bet. Arguably ever, the work that's done in the Avengers Assembly is great. I just, I love it so much, and I want more of this. Actually, I said Marvel hire this, hire Pretty. Uh, I would love to see it happen. For my personal sake, hey, Pretty, keep getting, the, keep getting that actual like, keep getting the, book money. Yeah, keep getting, I was gonna say. keep getting the, keep getting the actual money. Like I know it's Get that Dave Pilkey money. Getting, Get that, get that freaking pilky money. <laughs> get that Jeff so, Smith money. Get that Raina I, money. I don't know any <laughs> other children's people. That's my okay. di- my my kid loves Dave Pilkey. Uh, who did who did Diary of the Wimpy Kid? Get that man's money. Yes. Um, I have two hundred highlighted. That is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Seventeen, uh, which is a appropriate. Kind of vibe. I think this is also. Better. Yeah, I mean, this is better than that. Uh, I don't, I don't think I would go higher than like assault on weapon plus at night one eighty three. I'm thinking. I also I probably think wouldn't go higher than New Moon Summer Special at one ninety two. I would. Okay, that's that's my bias on that book. Having re- okay. returned to it, where do you want to go then? I'm looking. Here's what I would say. I would put this. I would put this above Generation X eight nine eighty five eighty three eighty seven Survival of the Fittest. Okay. Below Assault on Weapon Plus, but I'm not sure about AVX consequences. I would put this above it. I just think this is a lot of fun. 
I, I, I hope X-Men fans check this out. This book is so much fun. It probably flew under your radar. It is comics. It is data pages. Like, here's the thing. Y'all, y'all, it's good. And it has the best characters that in Marvel, Miles, Kabbalah, and Squirrel Girl. And also the X-Men. Yeah, like, you cannot beat it. You cannot beat it. And so, folks, we have gone on a, a nice run here from, you know, some really poor quality all the way through uh, something that we highly recommend. And now, you know, listeners, for those of you uh, who have kids, we, we definitely recommend this this last one, especially. Seriously, I bet it was if you have a kid who's elementary school age, which this mm-hmm. is an elementary reader. And you've been like, I don't know how to introduce them to comics, but I want to. Great news. Every person who makes books is ahead of you. They already know how to introduce kids to comics. And if you specifically want a kid who will end up wanting to read your comics with you, like my my son has now done with all of my Ms. Marvel comics, this is is the spot. Yeah, it's great. So we got to thank Austin again. We got to thank Austin again. Thank you, Austin. This was fun. I mean, for a certain value of fun, we had fun. I think our listeners probably had a good time too. I hope so, but I don't talk to them. I don't know. Yeah. If you want to be like Austin. Listeners, if you had fun, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Tell us about it. Yeah. Get us a review. Tell us. You know? Tell us and be like, hey, reviews are great. I don't actually care about that. Validate us on social media. And specifically validate us on Adam's social media because yeah. I have access. Not I don't have I don't have his logins. I just <laughs> I will look at look Adam's at social media and that's it. about it. I'll be like, yeah. oh, okay. Someone says something nice to Adam. That means vis-a-vis, they probably think I'm 50% cool. <laughs> okay. I get so to, I get a portion of this niceness, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, so to do that, uh Blue Sky Adam Rec. Uh, whatever Twitter is, Arthur Stacy and Instagram, Adam.Rec. Zach, what's going on next week? Well, next week I have a, a family trip, so I'm we're taking taking it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the week what's after the that, episode? here's the thing. That's a better way to put it. <sighs> Folks, our Attitude Era has been long. Our Attitude Era has been a winding road. And there's been some sort of thing that's been driving us through this some sort of calling, some mysterious figure, some sort of higher power that Mm -hmm. we have been building towards over this. And go back, go back and find the Easter eggs where we talk about this higher power that we definitely had had planned from the start and didn't decide at the last minute to mess with Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, with. (laughs) No, we've been planning this. And for our 316th episode well, you got WWE's Jason Ayers. We're going to talk about the most attitude-filled X-Men comics of all time. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's the, it's the most. We're excited about it. I'm excited. Jason's great. We have we have fun. We talk about stuff sometimes. Not It'll his job, really not my job. We talk about different things, which is really great. We've had to work our recording schedule around when, when the WWE has to do things. Yep. Which is wild but i love it and we're gonna have a great time uh but until then this has been battle of the atom we hope you survived the experience Get it!